today on CityCast Denver. Our public transit operator, RTD, recently proposed the biggest overhaul of its bus routes in more than 40 years. I mean, it, it's so big and, and so uh, dramatic that staff estimated it was about a, a change to about 30% of the entire bus network. So who is this for? Why now? And how is this going to change Denver? I've got questions, and Colorado Public Radio's transportation reporter, Nathaniel Miner, has answers. Today is Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Morning, everyone. I love the orange today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Paul. That's so nice. Is that even orange through this video? I can't even. Yeah, it is. I usually only wear it in the fall, but spirit moved me this morning. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say from now on. Why are you wearing that acid wash sweatshirt? The spirit moved me this morning. <laughs> well, Nathaniel Miner, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Hey, Bree. Thanks for having me. So last week, you reported that RTD was proposing this, quote, dramatic post-pandemic overhaul of its bus system. It would cut numerous suburban lines and add more service to high-density areas. Can you explain what makes it so dramatic? Uh, it's, it's dramatic because uh, for the first time in, in recent memory, this shows that RTD wants to focus its resources on where people are actually riding. The RTD district is huge, right? It goes, it's, it's in Denver, right? But it goes out across all the suburbs um, into the foothills, right? Right. Like Longmont. Lions north of Boulder there in the RTD district, right? So this is a huge area. And as you get into more suburban and rural areas, fewer people use transit because it's usually much faster to just drive to where you're going. Um, so that's really been this ongoing tension within RTD for in, its entire existence of like, where do we, where do we run our buses? Um, and so, so in the pandemic, what we saw was um, most ridership, the places where ridership was actually holding up was in the city, right? It was places like Colfax, Federal, Broadway, um, kind of the, the old streets on, in the oldest part of the city, Um the most dense, uh, good mix of, of commuters, but also people who need to ride, people who um, don't have a car. Um, and so this is RTD reflecting that and saying, okay, we only have a limited number of resources. Um, we should put them where people actually are using them. It's interesting when you name the streets that you just talked about, Broadway, Colfax Federal, those are also the bus lines that seem to run the most frequently. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the struggle I was having with this overhaul in terms of understanding its effectiveness was like, yes, we're finally going to serve people who are actually using it better, but it kind of, I feel like I wonder if it's going to cut out the opportunity for folks to take up riding the bus. You know what I mean? Totally. Right. There's no perfect way to do this. Yeah. Um, right. You can, you can cut set up and RTE does, they set up their own standards for where, where things should be run. But it's political, right? Because if you want to cut a bus somewhere or improve it somewhere, you have real people on the other end of that who are going to get in touch with their city councilor or their RTD director, and that all bubbles up um, to the to the you know board meetings that I watch, and you see it there. You see people complaining about changes, 
Um, so it's it's a tough thing. Um, the suburbanization of poverty is is really yeah difficult thing for RTD to get his hands around too, right? Because if you have places in the city are more desirable now um, than they were 10 or 15 years ago, um, and you have more people without cars or people that use transit, maybe out in an apartment complex in Commerce City or Westminster, um, really, really hard for RTD to serve them just because of how those places have been built over the years. But those are the people that need it the most. So it's a really difficult thing to get right. Why do you think, or what was the process behind RTD proposing this right now? The background here is that maybe two or three years after all the train lines started opening. So around maybe 2018, 2019, RTD was looking at its budget, looking at its ridership, and it was not pretty, right? Ridership was actually going down, even with all these train lines opening. Um, its budget was in really tough shape, partly because it had taken up so many loans to pay for the trains, um, they just had like expanded so much. And so at this time, they started this process called Reimagine RTD. And they wanted to just take a look at their entire system and answer some basic questions like, what should we be five years from now? What should we be 20 years from now? And just kind of start planning for that. Um, the pandemic really threw that for a loop, but they, um, they, they uh, have been working on it this whole time. They did take a little break, but they've been working on it. Um, and this is their attempt to really uh, kind of become the transit agency that, you know, Denver needs for its future. And I think ultimately we'll see, um, you know, I've been waiting for this for years, but we'll see Denver try to start its own system. Oh my God. Thank you. Okay. So you said that you saying that reminds me that when we, we voted on a new s transit office separate from public works, I was like, oh, we're getting our own transit system. That's gotta be what's going on. So do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> so as I understand, that was what, 2018, 19? Yeah, it was, it was a couple of years ago. That was like a charter change that gave them the ability to do it in the future. Um, but then the guy they brought in to do that left last year. And so I, I don't really know where that's at right now. Like, I feel like we've been waiting for that forever. Because honestly, for a, a city like Denver, and to have a, a bus going through the heart of Cap Hill only coming half an hour, like that's not, <laughs> it should be a lot more frequent, right? I have to imagine that's the direction that we're going to go in eventually. Just don't ask me exactly when. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But my, yeah. those were my suspicions as well. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So it, it's kind of no secret there's a lot of issues that RTD is facing right now in terms of not enough drivers, um, not enough riders, as we've talked about. And 
um, the budget seems pretty tight compared to some other things in our city, you know, and some areas being served more than others. I mean, it's like all of these issues. And I wonder which of these problems the overhaul is really designed to address. I think this this is intended to address the um, two things, fiscal solvency, right, and also um, equity, putting, trying to orchestrate service to, to go where people actually use it and need it. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it, too. I know uh, RTD Director Chantel Lewis talks a lot about that, the, the equity component of serving the people that, quote unquote, you know, the quote unquote, actually use it. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope for the best. I want to live in a city with a great transit system, but I'm a terrible yeah. car driver, and that's and it, another story <laughs> for another day. <laughs> and it's tough, right? Because someone who lives in Westminster and uses the bus might hear yeah. that, you know, well, I use it. Why am I losing my route? And it's right. a numbers thing, right? Like if it's it's kind of a blunt ins- instrument, right? Yeah. Do, do you do you serve hundred people on Colfax um, or the hundred people on Federal or the ten or fifteen people um, out in a suburb somewhere? It's tough, but really, it just comes down to limited resources. And I think most people don't want to have to make this choice. They would rather say, like, let's not choose between city and suburbs. Let's just expand the pie. Let's have more money so that we can have great service everywhere. Um, But just looking at the financial straits that RTD is in and just the difficulty they have in hiring drivers and mechanics, you know, that's just not where they're at right now. I should also say that um, in places that would lose bus service completely, um, RTD is proposing to expand their shuttle system called the FlexRide. Um, it's kind of an on-demand thing. You call a number or you reserve a, a ride and then it'll pick you up and take you somewhere. Um, so that that's their way to try to, you know, satiate places that are really losing a whole lot. That was sort of, sort of my next question was I was wondering how reliable the FlexRide system is only because I have uh, friends and family with disabilities and they depend a lot on Accessoride, which is a similar uh, it's a similar thing from RTD where you can call ahead and they're supposed to pick you up. And a lot of times they don't show up or they're hours late. Or, and so I wonder, have you heard or do you know anecdotally even how well FlexRide works? It's something you really have to plan around, just like you have to plan around getting your bus. Um, I, I also know that it's, it's incredibly expensive for RTD to operate per rider. Interesting. Be like $20, $30 a ride. So they're really banking on um, uh, just fewer people using it, right? Because even if it's $30 a ride, but you're only carrying, you know, I don't know, a couple dozen people a day, that's still less than running a real bus in that Okay. So it's like, you know, it's like a purely a budget thing. Like it just makes more sense for us to do this. Yeah. It really, honestly, it it allows them to, um, you know, when a city council in pick a suburb, complains that they're losing service, RTD can turn around and say, yeah, but we're giving you this option. It allows RTD to keep its boundary as, as big as it does because it gets sales tax revenue from all those places. Sure. As someone that has looked at this issue for a long time, do you think this is going to work? You know, I think it will probably change before it's approved. I think this is um, sort of the opening salvo, the the 
And, and by time it gets through the board process in the next month or two, I think we're gonna see some changes to it. Um, because we know that when RTD cuts back on service in outlying places like Parker, for instance, they get pretty mad and they try to go to the legislature and say, hey, we're not getting anything for the sales tax money that we're spending on RTD, fix this. Um, and if so, if we start seeing lines cut all over the place, um, I, you know, that could be a big political problem for RTD. The board is so suburban that the three quarters of it, they represent suburban areas, right? So are they going to approve a plan that goes against the interests of their direct constituents? Might be better for the district as a whole, um, but, you know, not great for their own individual area. Like that's, we'll have to see. I did not think about that. And then I'm like, you're right. What are they going to do? Sell their constituents on a service, on a new plan that doesn't serve them? Is there anything our listeners can do to sh help shape this plan in any way? Yeah. So so RTD is somewhat unique. I think they're only the one of only three or four transit agencies in the country that has a directly elected board, which means they're pretty responsive. Right. So if you go to RTD's website, you can easily look up who your um, uh, board director is. Give them a call, leave them a voicemail, send them an email, tell them what you think. Um, RTD has its own uh, feedback system set up right now, public comments. So you should do that, too. But um, I, I know that board directors listen to their constituents. So you should as a, as a voter, as a taxpayer, you should use that. Well, Nathaniel Miner, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. It's transit day on CityCast, apparently, because Denver has built 70 miles of bike lanes over the past three years, which means we have officially passed the halfway point and our goal to add 125 miles of bike lanes by 2024. According to Business Den, this project has cost us $13.4 million so far. And by the end, city officials say there will be a, quote, high comfort bike lane within a quarter mile of every household. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. I don't know. Paul says maybe a little too late to make a difference before our planet burns to a crisp. Riding your bike on a burning planet, Paul. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding.